Lace up your boots and grab your mouth guards. It's time for the Rugby Wrap, the podcast about all things Western Force and the game we love. Hello and welcome to the summer edition of the Rugby Wrap. My name is Mick Collis and it's great to have your company wherever you may be listening. Of course, I'll be back with Mitch Hardy and Heath Testman for season five of the Rugby Wrap with our first episode hitting the shelves on the 22nd of February, pending Heath Testman's availability. Well, there's been a lot happening in the world of rugby since our last podcast. There's been hirings, firings, and the usual financial dramas. But one bright spot was the Perth Sevens, which were held at HBF Park last weekend under clear blue skies in front of a sellout crowd. Now, one of the rising stars of the Australian women's team is Bella Nasser, and she's been kind enough to give us some of her time on her day off. So, Bella, thank you, and welcome to the summer edition of the Rugby Wrap. Thank you. It's good to be here. (laughs) I'm excited. Now, I was out there on Sunday. You were out there for all three days. How did you enjoy it? Yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, obviously, we were at home, so it was always it's always really good to play in front of a home crowd. And, um, yeah, HBF Park was unreal and awesome atmosphere. So, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, that's what I thought. The at- atmosphere was fantastic. Was it noisy sort of out there playing and being part of it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I normally – I can't really hear much when I'm on the field. I feel like – yeah, I sort of zone out a little bit. But um, when you look up and see the, like a full crowd, it's pretty unreal. And um, I think it was sold out on Sunday, which was mm. even awesome, um, even more awesome. So, yeah, it was unreal atmosphere and, yeah, the cheering and everything was awesome. And how did it compare to other venues on the Seventh Circuit? Obviously, the, the Perth people thought it was the best one <laughs> that's ever been held. How did it compare? I'm probably biased and will say that it. I will agree with the Perth people and say it was <laughs> the best, probably because it's at home. But um, yeah, all of the tournaments are really, really good. Um, the atmosphere is amazing at every single one. Dubai, Cape Town. Um, but yeah, Perth, Perth's probably got to have to be up there with <laughs> the best one. Because in terms of the venues that you play at, what what's the biggest capacity that you would play at? Oh, because I think there was a, I think there was twenty thousand. Um, at Sunday in Perth, is that is that kind of your standard one, or are there bigger bigger venues? Um, the stadiums are probably bigger in Dubai, in Cape Town, I'd say, um, probably Vancouver as well. But um, yeah, that that was probably one of the first that got fully sold out. I'd say, yeah. Um, I think the Olympic one is eighty thousand. Yeah, I believe. Okay. Don't quote me, but I believe that it is sold out as well. So wow, um, that will be pretty. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, wow. Player. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Now, it was a great yeah. weekend for Australia with the men and the women making the finals, but unfortunately, um, silver for both. Obviously, disappointing for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, um, we were super disappointed um, to not take it out in the final, but um, we faced lots of adversity over the weekend with um, the red cards and um, playing with 11 people most of the tournament six on the field most of the tournament which mm. was pretty rare for us but we were we were super proud to make it all the way to the final and um give it our best shot but our coach always tells us we're performance based and process driven so it's just another step in the direction of getting better and um the end goal is obviously the paris olympics so we're super proud and we were super excited to play in front of home crowd obviously disappointing not to take away the goal but um we'll take silver for now because with the yellow cards, it, there seemed to be a lot on the weekend. Is that normal? No. Well, no, definitely not. Um, I think I was talking to Charlotte and Shani. Um, they were saying they haven't seen this many red cards, um, if not yellow, in their career, and they've obviously wow. been playing for a really long time. So mm. it's pretty rare. And I guess it's all about the safety of the game and getting the tackles lower and stuff like that. So it's it's hard to say too much. <laughs> 
And is that obviously that's a directive that's coming in for community rugby with that tackling below, I think it's a chest level now. Is that the same thing you guys get instructed on on that as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely um, being enforced a lot more recently as um, that tackle height lower. But, yeah, I believe the official rule is, hasn't come in just yet on the World Series standards. They're trialling it within Australia. But, yeah, we've definitely been doing lots and lots of practice on getting that tackle height lower and whilst also being super effective. But it, it's obviously taking and taking lots of adjustment to get that height down. And the, when you get yellow carded, a few people are asking, how long is the player off for? So they're off for two minutes. Two minutes. And, and is, does that make it? Yeah, it, it doesn't seem like a lot, but does it make a massive difference only having six players? Yeah, it really does. Like when you're down to six and sevens, obviously there's so much space on the field mm. with seven v seven. And then when you take away a player, there's just constantly going to be an overlap. So it just sort of heightens everything by mm. 20%. So yeah. it, it, it does make a huge difference. And in sevens, two minutes is such a long time. Like, a game can change in a matter of 10 seconds, let alone two minutes. So really it's just like a huge advantage for the opposite team when we've got six. And Ireland's their first, I think it was their first win in, in the women. So it's a it's a pretty wide open competition, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Ireland, we call them the Fighting Irish. They're just always a really tough team to verse and they, they were, yeah, deserved it um, on Sunday. And, yeah, it's a very wide Obviously, New Zealand was in the final in Dubai. France is in the final with us in Cape Town. Ireland's in the final with us in Perth. So, yeah, I guess stay tuned to who's yeah, in the final gosh. in Vancouver and LA. You talk about the Kiwis. Lots of Kiwis fans went home disappointed from Perth. How are the New Zealanders travelling? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they're obviously building. Obviously, everyone's team goal is the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not. I can't really say too much on their team feeling or tactics or whatever so they're always a very 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 strong team to verse and we always try to prepare well to verse them so yeah I'm sure they'll come out with a bang again in Vancouver and LA so we just got to keep our head down and keep training hard. (laughs) Now talking about the Olympics so how does that work in terms of you've got a squad now I assume Mm -hmm. how many how many people in the squad at the moment? We have 18 in our squad. 18. And when you go away, so what have you got coming? Vancouver and then LA? Van- Vancouver and then LA. And, and then, then, and then um, we've got Hong Kong, Singapore and Madrid. And then So through, there's five more legs of the series. Through, through, through the Olympics. So it, how does that squad yeah. get whittled down? How many, how, many go to the, how many go to each tournament and how many will go to the Olympics? So 13 go to each, each tournament and one sits out each game, so 12 play. It has been a rolling 13th for the past three tournaments. Um, I believe in the, at the Olympics only 12 play. It's a set 12, but 13 will go as sort of backup for injury, sickness, whatever. So, yeah, five do miss out, which is obviously always disappointing. And mm. But we're a really tight squad, and we know it's one team, one squad, so the girls at home were cheering hard, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it must be. It- it must get it must be harder it must get harder the closer you get to the olympics and it's obviously going to become very competitive which is great from from a supporters yeah. it's fantastic that it's it's so competitive but internally does it make it tough when you know that basically a third of that squad will miss out yeah yeah obviously it makes yeah it always is very tough and it's competitive within the squad which probably drives us all to be better as 
players and people, but it definitely does get tough and disappointing when it gets closer to tournament selection. But we stay pretty close as a squad and um, we always support those who miss out. And I've been there plenty of times, so I know how it feels. And it sort of just makes everyone want to train really hard and play really hard, harder Mm. um, so they can get in that team. And it's um, your, you guys all stayed up at uh, Observation City, which is a you know, nice spot, beautiful, able to have a swim in the morning, just you know your typical Perth kind of lifestyle. But all the all the teams stayed at that same hotel. Is that is that normal? Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each series, um, all the teams stay at the same hotel, different levels. So you sort of have your own kind of like section to yourself, but everyone eats in the same area. It's um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Someone, one of the girls who do, who doesn't play, one of my friends says it was like schoolies like schoolies yep. is a, it's like a schoolies 2.0 like yep. all the different schools but like all the different teams so that was pretty funny to compare it to and do you all do you all get on do you all mix do you all mix yeah yeah like you always like have a little conversation to a player in the lift or whatever but um you tend to sort of like stay pretty tight-knit with your team and um you do your own thing I feel like you rarely see any of the other teams unless you're in the lifts or like down yeah um, at breakfast or whatever, but yeah, yeah, everyone gets along, which is nice. There's yep. no, yeah, there's no <laughs> arguments in the breakfast tables. <laughs> no, that's good. Now, just yeah. talking about your own career, how did how did you get started? Um, so I played touch football from a very young age, and I went to All Hallows in Brisbane, mm-hmm. normal girls' school, and then I played lots of touch at All Hallows during middle school, and then got a scholarship to Brisbane State High with Mr. Sirini. He took a sevens program and that's also Charlotte Kazakh's old school. So when the 2016 Olymp- Rio Olympics happened and they won the gold, there was a big acceleration in um, sevens rugby in Queensland. So I then got picked up from touch and through all that to play sevens for school and QAS, a Queensland youth um, little thing and then from there just kept playing joined QAS in 2018 I think when I was in grade 11 and then just went to lots of camps I played the world schools it was called in 2019 and we we won that and then got picked up through the full-time squad in 2021 I did a bit of like FIFO like fly down to Sydney for the week yep. flew, flew back home for the weekend um, for a couple of months and then Officially got contracted in twenty twenty October twenty twenty two. It was yeah, all worth it. Yep. And I saw on your profile you you were associated with the the UQ heavies. So Heath Testament will be very happy. Yep. You'll you'll be his new favourite player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I played lots of club rugby and Aon. It was called as well as things like Castle Cup and stuff like that with UQ. So I'm a red heavy. <laughs> so hello to you, Heath Tessman. So, uh, do you play? Do you play fifteens now, or just purely sevens? Purely sevens, yeah. So we're um, everyone and- in our squad is purely sevens at the moment. Um, I think Shani and BB they have played the World Cup, obviously, in the past. But at the moment, I'm purely sevens. Because is that is that by choice or by circumstance that you don't have time to do fifteens? Probably a little bit of both, but mostly by circumstance, with sevens. We're a full-time program, so we train almost every single day and then obviously have these tournaments that we have to be available for. So in order to squeeze 15s in that as well, um, it's pretty hard. And so at the moment, we you have to sort of focus on sevens and then in our off-season maybe you're eligible to get released. I'm not really sure how it works, but 
that's, that's would, sort of how it is. Would you like to play 15s as well or or do you consider yourself a seven specialist? I definitely at the moment consider myself seven specialist, but, yeah, I 100% want to give 15s a crack down the track, I think, when, um, when I'm finished with sevens. And have you been tempted? Obviously, Charlotte's a high-profile player. She went and played for the Roosters. Have you... Have you thought about doing the rugby league thing as well? Um, no, not really. It hasn't really crossed my mind. Um, as I said, I'm seeing myself as a seven specialist. Sevens is what I want to do, and um, and you can't really beat it. Yep. Now I spoke to your dad, Brendan, on the weekend. Wallaby number six eight five. He told me that he is solely responsible for your success. Has he been much of an <laughs> yeah. influence on your career? Um. Yeah. Obviously, he. Um, yeah, he talked himself the, up. He reckoned he's, he said he's yeah. been very important. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no. He obviously has had a huge influence on um, my rugby career and um, also my brothers as well. Um, but both my mum and dad, like, they've never put pressure on us to do anything we don't want to do. So their main sort of messages as long as we're having fun and <laughs> got good manners. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but, yeah, he... Um, has taught me a few things and likes to give me a little advice here and there that whether I listen to or not. But <laughs> <laughs> Now, you talked about that schoolies 2.0, which is great. And I was telling my boys who came out and, and watched you on the weekend that, you know, you go to um, Vegas, you go to Paris, you go to London, Vancouver, and they couldn't believe it. It's a, you're almost, it's, the, it's the ultimate sporting competition, isn't it? Are you living the dream? Yeah. Do you feel like you're just in this crazy world of just – playing for Australia and travelling the world to all these beautiful places? Yeah, it's pretty unreal. Like I sort of have to pinch myself here and there being like, I am on the beach of Madrid or whatever. Like this is I'm, this is my job and I'm on my way to Vancouver to see the snow or something like that. It's pretty unreal. And, yeah, super grateful for like the opportunities we get. And obviously we're alongside our closest friends that we spend every day together. So, yeah, it's it's a dream come true really. <laughs> And how, do, how does the contracting work with the Australian Sevens team? Are you, are, like, are you contracted on a yearly basis or is it extended contracts? How does all that work? Um, yeah, so it sort of is dependent on each person's contract. Some people get contracted one year, some people have an extended one. Um, but, yeah, it's sort of you get offered at some point and then you get a year or a year or so or year two, three, whatever, and then when that time comes up, you either get re-offered or you get released or whatever like that. But each person's pretty individual and different. So, And it's full-time. Obviously, yeah. the, I know that the Super Rugby women, the Western Force girls are, are full-time, but it's you know the money's not equal to the men's at this stage. Is the money that you do get, is it enough to live on or do you have to try and supplement uh, the income you get at the times that you are back at home? Or can you live mm. on the wage that um, you get yeah. from the contract? Yeah, so our sevens program is completely full-time, so we're paid full-time, which is awesome. And, um, yeah, it is sufficient to live on, which is super lucky for us. Yeah, um, I know lots of other programs, especially female programs, aren't as developed and lucky as we are. So, yeah, what we're on is, um, yeah, definitely enough, which is really good. Yeah, that's great. And do you find, uh, are you yeah. not under pressure, but, I mean, the Matildas were such a, a massive event during that that world cup that we saw in australia and how much the the public embraced the matildas and and how many young kids now want to go and play you know soccer because of the matildas do you guys feel under any pressure because you're almost the the flag bearers for rugby 
at the moment in Australia because the women do so well in that sevens. You draw the full crowd out there, full house in, in Perth. Do you feel under pressure that you've almost got a responsibility to look, I don't, I don't know, because you're such good role models. Do, do you feel do you feel that, that you are role models and, and kids look up to you and, and you're kind of drawing kids into the sport and drawing kids into rugby by the way you act and play? Yeah, well, I, I definitely wouldn't say we feel too much pressure in that regard. I think it's always rewarding when we go to a coaching clinic or we go to a school event or whatever and we see all these young kids um, aspiring to be us and um, asking for signatures and stuff. So that always... um yeah hits close to the heart but yeah I think we've, we've just been doing the same thing for quite a while and like training hard and trying to be the best people we can be and the best athletes we can be so if that can make young kids look up to us and um, make young kids want to do what we do that's just a, a bonus really. And have you got used to people asking for your autograph yet? Not really <laughs> <laughs> not really I sort of like walk off the gate like on in Perth I walked off the field and people asking for photos and autographs and I was like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> this is so this is so crazy. But, yeah, I don't think I'll probably ever get used to that. <laughs> no, it's terrific. So so where to next for, for Bella Nasa? What's coming up? Um, so we head off to Vancouver and LA. That's a back-to-back um, the end of February, so that's really soon. So we've got three hard weeks of training and then we'll head off and yeah, see how we go there. And then um, we've got Singapore, Hong-, Hong Kong and Madrid later later on before May. And then, yeah, fingers crossed and hopefully the Olympics in July or end of July. Yeah, yeah which massive. And so just before I let you go, so what's your day-to-day as a full-time athlete with the Sevens? What, what's sort of your day-to-day program that you, that you do? Yeah, so um, Monday looks like maybe like a 6.30, 7 o'clock start. We do strategy in check in and then we do ptp which is sort of prepared to perform i think it stands for (laughs) but yeah glute work and stretches and all that and then we head out in the field for about an hour and a half an hour and a half or two and then we recover have some lunch and then do a gym session and then usually a team meeting or something and head home and then tuesday is usually like a double field session so we go gym in the morning and then two field sessions in the afternoon. So we go out on the field and then come back, recover, and have another one. And then, yeah, and then Thursday's usually the double, and then Friday's the one field session. So, yeah, you're pretty exhausted by the end of the week, but yep. um, it makes it all worth it when you're um, playing in front of a massive crowd and getting gold medals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you're all based in Sydney. Is that where the, everyone's based in Sydney? Yeah, we're based at Moore Park in Sydney, so yep. um, pretty cool. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Bella, it was great to have you on the Sevens in Perth. Terrific to watch you play, and it's been great catching up with you. So good luck for the rest of the year, and we'll hopefully see you running around in Paris. Thanks for your time on the Rugby Wrap. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Perfect. So that was Bella Nasser, one of the rising stars of the Australian Women's Sevens team. Terrific to catch up with her off the back of a very successful Sevens weekend here in Perth. Well, that wraps up the summer edition of the Rugby Wrap, the single episode of the Summer Edition. I'll be back with Mitch Hardy and Heath Tessman and a brand new sponsor for episode one of season five of the Rugby Wrap. And that will go to where on the 22nd of February in the lead up to the Western Force Hurricanes match, which takes place on Friday the 23rd. So thanks very much for tuning in and we look forward to your company next time on the Rugby Wrap.